Welcome to the Enlightened Practice Podcast, brought to you by the Luminello Electronic Medical Record folks. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Braslow and Dr. Carrie Kagan. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to wrestle with the question of should you keep a wait list or not of interested clients and patients and uh, what are the pros and cons? So yeah. I'm curious, do you keep a wait list? I don't keep a formal wait list, um, but I will from time to time tell clients that they are welcome to reach back out to me in a certain period of time that I might be anticipating an opening, but I let them know um, that I can't guarantee that the spot will be open then, or I'm not like saving the spot for them. But if they don't, I, I'm often am redirecting them to a, another referral. But if they haven't connected with someone, then they're welcome to check back in with me. Um, one of the reasons I do that is because I simply, I mean, don't want the responsibility of having to keep track and remember to reach back out to them, which I think is one of the potential cons. It's more work for the therapist to keep a wait list. Um, and, um, and, you know, certainly one of the pros, I think, is that if you really do have people waiting and a spot unexpectedly opens up, then great. Like you have a list of people that you can reach out to and fill your spot quickly if they're still around. But um, I personally prefer the client to have the responsibility of reaching out to me. One, just from a, a time management perspective, it, feel, it feels challenging to keep up with the responsibilities as they are. And then to add reaching out to people on top of that sounds pretty difficult. But also, I think just from a therapy motivation perspective, if a client follows through, I mean, that really is a good sign that they're motivated for treatment. Um, so I think it has that added benefit and I'm sure there are more pros and cons of having a wait list or not, but I, I mean, I'm curious to hear what you do and why. Sure. I keep a very informal wait list. So requests uh, come into my practice through the portal usually. Uh, or if someone leaves a voicemail, we redirect them to fill out a request through the portal. And if I don't have availability at that time, I'll have um, my assistant reach out to them and let them know what we're generally looking at in terms of weight. And like you, we encourage them to contact us. So I don't say that I'll ever be back in touch with them again. So it's not a formal wait list in that we'll call you as soon as there's availability. But as you said, it is nice. And maybe it's a little bit different in the medication side of things where you're not necessarily looking as closely at the psychology of the, the clinician reaching out to the client to say, come into my practice. Uh, I think that does, it, it, from a therapy point of view, it's um, not the optimal way to, to get started. That said, and the medication side of things, sometimes patients are just, they've called 20 psychiatrists and nobody's has availability and they're just so relieved to find out that a medication slot is available. And so I, I feel like it's a little bit of a different dynamic if I have an open therapy slot, I don't reach out to people who are on the wait list for that. And we tell them to check back periodically 
uh, what we tell them is availability is catch as catch can. So I, I, everybody always wants to know, well, when? And I never know the exact time or date. Uh, so we just say check back periodically. We won't get annoyed if we hear from you. And I would say occasionally we do hear back from people. And if I've heard from somebody multiple times over, let's say, a six-month period, that makes me feel that they are quite motivated um, to begin treatment. I'm curious, do you end up hearing back from people mm-hmm. months later? I do, actually. I have um, had several people check back in and ask if I happen to have any availability. And there have been times that they check in at the right time, and I do. And I guess I'll say, like, one, it's not necessarily a, a wait list per se, but there are some occasions that I know for whatever reason that I am ending or terminating with a current client because let's say they're moving out of state and I know the day that that's happening and someone, ha- and maybe let's say it's in four weeks and someone happens to email me that day and ask, I'll let them know I have a spot opening in four weeks and I could schedule you in for four weeks from now. And it's, it's a wait. It's not necessarily a wait list. Ah. Um, and that kind of works out well, because then I know that that spot will be filled as soon as the other client moves out of the state. Um, but I also am mindful of, is that in the best interest of the client, as far as I can tell from a, a phone intake? Because that's another thing to think about with the wait list is, does the client need immediate help? And if they do, then you're probably better just referring. Um but if it's not urgent, and if I don't necessarily think it's urgent and they don't, then that's another way of doing it. If you happen to know you have a spot opening up, even if it's not for four weeks. Well, that's a great point. Occasionally in the past, I have booked patients for med uh, intakes a couple of months out. Uh, the challenge with that is they might forget because it's so far out or they might get in to see somebody the next day and just didn't mention it to us, didn't think to cancel their appointment. And then you're put in a bit of an awkward position, even though automated reminders go out. Sometimes people just kind of mentally dismiss those. And then uh, it gets into the awkward conversation of, you no showed for an appointment that you made three months ago and you had no intention of coming in and you know how are you going to account for that time so that can be challenging uh, but if you send them a reminder a month out and say are you still interested or have you found somebody else i think that that could be reasonable yeah so in in the med context i think scheduling them out is could be a relief uh, for some people um I agree from a therapy perspective, uh, you're scheduling somebody more than, let's say, a month out. Uh, it could be more for your own benefit than their own benefit, right. so yeah. so it's something to be thought through really carefully. Uh, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think, I think there's always pros and cons. And... Yeah, and I, I think from what I've heard from people who do keep a wait list, um, you know, basically the, the, my understanding of how people do that is they um, literally keep a list. I think it's kind of either kept in a confidential folder because you do have to remember that part of this or using some kind of confidential wording like initials or something like that. Um, And my understanding is that 
at, at the same time that you put someone on your wait list, it's also, um, I think, potentially part of our ethical duty to, to simultaneously give them referrals for, yeah, like making sure that we're taking care of the client while they, you know, and it's kind of their choice if they want to wait or um, go somewhere else as opposed to if we don't offer them referrals, it might feel like you're the only choice for them and that might not necessarily be good. So I think just it's feasible that way, that way, like you have your list, you can call them when the time, when you have an opening, but also, you know, that the client can make their own choices in that time and you could call them and they could not answer or say, sorry, I found someone else. And, um, and that's, I guess, my understanding of how, of how people do it. Yeah, that's a good point. It leads to a, a kind of a similar kind of question about how do you fill slots last second, and maybe we'll save that for a, a different time. Uh, yeah. If you are reaching out to them and there's only a few days, then do you reach out to multiple people who are on the wait list and yeah. say it's first come first serve? Then that creates a whole other set of psychological complexity to it. Uh, right. If they feel like they're competing with uh, other clients for your uh, attention, yeah. but why don't we save that for for a different uh, podcast? Right. Okay, Carrie. Well, it was great uh, chatting about this. As always, there's way more complexity than I originally thought there. Yeah. So great to learn from you and um, looking forward to chatting again soon. Okay, take care. You too. You too. Bye. Bye. If you liked today's podcast and want to hear more, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have a question you'd like to be discussed on a future podcast, send it to enlightenedpractice at luminello.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.